Welcome back to another episode of Sundays with Jeff Miller. Today, a big shout out to all the moms. Happy Mother's Day. And to be quite honest, I am surrounded by some fantastic mothers, starting with my own, who in the last week I got to spend a whole week with, and it's been a true joy to spend this time with my mom. But what it made me think of most is, you know, as we get older, how we look at things a little different and My story today starts out a little bit by talking about my own mom and then my wife, Sandy, who is a great mom and has raised three wonderful children. And to be able to see, I've always known that my wife is kind of a nurturer. She is the type of person that will step up, help take care of anybody. And my three kids have learned that quality quite well. But this week, seeing my own wife uh, with my mom, and I've witnessed her with her own mom and how well she helps her own mom through life as she gets older. But this particular week, seeing her with my mom, and it it just kind of makes you reflect on the importance of motherhood. Not only do they give birth to our children, but the compassion that they have throughout their whole life is invaluable. So I just want to say a special shout out to my own wife. Uh, Thanks for being the mother of my children. I really appreciate it. They do too. I have to also give a shout out to my daughter, Sarah, who is a mom to two wonderful daughters, Millie and E, and they are awesome girls. And someday they are going to be a reflection of their own mom and the grandmothers in their life because you can see it already in how they act and behave with each other. It's just a wonderful experience uh, in life. And then two more, AK and Lala. And AK is married to my son, Jason, and Lala married to my son, Danielle. Two, I couldn't ask for better daughter-in-laws. Great moms. They both have boys, two each. So AK has Mav and Madden, and Danielle, or Lala, has Bossy and Bex, and They are really great with these boys, really great moms. And I just want to give a shout out to them. And also one more mom, and only because I know that her husband listens to me all the time, listens to my podcast, one of my regulars, Randy, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. You got two wonderful sons, Tate, Mitchell, wanted to say happy Mother's Day to you. So on to the podcast, the show today We have quite a few things that we're going to talk about. Right now, I'm going to start out with things you need to know. And there are five players on my list this week that I have things you need to know about. We're going to start. Number one is Zeke. Zeke Elliott. And what I think you need to know about Zeke is that he has uh, finished as the RB7 in total points and never finished a single week as a top seven running back last year. 
RB 17 in points per games, second straight season out of the top 15. So that's something you're going to need to know when draft time comes around. So by the way, I have given you 40. At the end of today, I'm going to give you 45 things that you need to know. And I'm going to review these as we get closer to draft time, right? But I'm hoping that you're taking the notes that mean something to you and applying it to your draft. So that's Zeke. My next one is DeAndre Hopkins. And this week, DeAndre Hopkins was suspended for six games. So Arizona last year with Hopkins um, and Kyler Murray, last year they were eight and two. And then with the, the games that, the eight games that DeAndre Hopkins missed, Arizona was three and five. And that included their playoff loss, right? They got knocked out of the playoffs to the Super Bowl champion, LA Rams. So. Quite possibly, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be out until mid-October to the end of October. So they're saying October 22nd or 29th, and that's going to depend on whether or not he has a bye. So um, I want you to keep that in mind because you're looking at week seven or week eight if they have that bye, and you could be totally out of your playoffs by then. So what I'm going to tell you is DeAndre Hopkins is not worth the pickup if you're not going to get him until week seven or week eight, if you can pick him up, what I'd recommend, maybe you try to pick him up as a, you know, somebody's sitting on him that drafts him, go back and try to get him in a trade later on, but don't draft him unless you're drafting him far enough down the line that you can actually sit on him for six to eight weeks. That's my recommendation for DeAndre Hopkins. Next up, Kyler Murray, who was affected by DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray, Without Hopkins, besides their record, yards per attempt fell from 8.8 to 6.6. That's a 25% drop. His completion percentage went from 72% to 65%, and his quarterback rating 108.1 to 89.7. So Kyler Murray is nowhere near as effective as effective without DeAndre Hopkins, which leads me to my next player, because I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking. You're looking at me right now, and you're saying, Jeff, what about Marquise Brown? Arizona picked up Marquise Brown in a trade. Well, they did. You're correct. Um, And I think as far as Marquise Brown goes, do you think that they actually knew that Hopkins was going to be suspended pre-draft? I think they did. I think they had an inkling that was going to happen. And I just want to tell you that Marquise Brown and Kyler Murray have a special relationship. If you, had, if you don't remember, they played at Oklahoma together. And that seems to be the trend in college football or in high, NFL right now, pairing receivers with quarterbacks from their college days. So that's going to be a plus for Marquise Brown. And it will help uh, Kyler Murray. Um, be a better quarterback. But I think that what you're going to see is possibly that Marquise Brown starts out pretty well and that Kyler Murray starts out a little slower. More on that. Mark Andrews is my next player. He was productive in the games Lamar Jackson missed. This is something I read and I wanted to share with you. Mark Andrews was actually more productive in the games that Lamar Jackson missed. That's right. So, in the games that Lamar Jackson missed, Mark Andrews averaged 22.9 fantasy points per game over six games. In the games that Lamar Jackson played, 
Mark Andrews averaged 14.9 fantasy points per game. I wanted to share that with you. I think that is an important stat, something you need to know come draft day. Come draft day. Yeah, there you go. All right, next up, this guy is also one of my DBV updates. So we're going to talk about A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown was traded from Tennessee to Philadelphia. Tennessee was ranked 31st in passing play percentage last year. A.J. Brown gets traded over to Philadelphia. Guess what? Philadelphia is the only team in the NFL ranked worse than Tennessee in pass percentage. They were ranked 32nd. They're the one team that actually threw the ball less than the Tennessee Titans. The Eagle receivers had 149 total receptions last year, total, and their 1,993 receiving yards were the third fewest in the NFL. So Philadelphia gives A.J. Brown four years, $100 million. So like I said, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about A.J. Brown. I think that's something that, you know, thing you need to know. But what I also want to talk about with A.J. Brown is his draft base value. For me, his draft base value has dropped. Positionally, not much. I'm going to say he's going to be in that um, 23 range, right, at best. At worst, probably 35. But currently, in my position right now, if you're going to go out and you're going to pick up A.J. Brown, I think that you're probably going to want to look at him dropping a little bit. I'm not looking to pick him up unless I'm getting him in somewhere around the 40 range right now. Currently, he's mocking it, you know, like 28th at the best to end of the second round. For me, it's more like 35 to 40. I'm not going to go get him unless I can get him in that range. So that's my first DBV player for today for you. That is A.J. Brown. And my second one is Dallas Goddard, because I already did Dallas Goddard, and and Dallas Goddard is going to be affected by the fact that A.J. Brown is coming to Philadelphia. So what what am I going to do with him? What what do we do with Dallas? I think he drops. I think he drops. So we're going to positionally put him down the list a little bit, and uh, currently we're going to put him in a slot of his his position currently is like seventh in his position, but I'm gonna move him down to tenth. His DB value now is ten, and then positionally or flex wise, if I'm drafting him, I'm looking for him around seventy nine, seventy nine, maybe even eighty nine. So we're talking late seven to late eighth round for his. DB value. There you go. That is Dallas Goddard. Up next, we're going to talk about a few more DBVs. We're going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins because DeAndre Hopkins is affected by his six-game suspension. So, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is a pretty talented player, but this this position uh, suspension for him is going to drop him down in my estimation. And Last year in targets, I just wanted to share a few things for you. 
Um, because I think there are things that are going to affect DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, one thing, Marquise Brown coming to Arizona. Number two, his injury status. Um, I think that maybe this injury, either they knew that he was going to be suspended or Arizona, Arizona knows that his injury status is worse. What do you think it is? I think it's a combination, but I think the injury status is going to play a more important role here. And then, like I said, his suspension. So targets last year, one game over 10-plus targets, which was 13. That's all DeAndre Hopkins had last year. His low to high last year, 5.1 fantasy points to 26.3. He had 10 games with 3-plus 20 uh, he had, I'm sorry, he had three games that he was plus 20 in and two games that he was minus 10 fantasy points per game. So his current wide receiver rankings have him at 23. Uh, his best, at his best value, um, and then his low is 40. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. His current ranking overall is 23. His best is 10, as low as 40. His DBV value overall, his best is 29. His worst is now 90, which is like 56 since his suspension. So that's where he started. So for me, where am I going to put him? I am going to put him at 30th in his player position. 30th would be my top end, and I'm going to look to get him somewhere around the 70th pick on, if I'm going to at all pick him. And that means that would require in most leagues that he would be a starter, technically, if you draft him in the seventh round or sooner in most leagues, um, and then you're going to sit him on your bench for six weeks. So that's why I think, you know, even maybe later, but that's my best. That number might change as we progress through the season. Next up, Kyler Murray. So Kyler Murray has been a pretty steady quarterback the last three years. In 2021, he averaged 25.5 points per game. In 2020, 28 points per game. And then 2019, 21.2. His current rank, and I'm only going to rank his position at quarterback, is considered to be sixth. His best comes in at three. His worst is around nine. That puts him at a draft base value overall of 64th, 64th. Now, I believe that Hopkins will make him have a slow start to the season. I think it will. Not having Hopkins will. It'll take him and Marquise Brown a little time to get on the right page. So what I'm going to recommend is you don't draft Kyler Murray as your number one, but you definitely can go consider to trade for him later and possibly have a league winner there. Because when Hopkins comes back healthy, by then him and Brown should be on the same page. Hopkins is just a quality receiver. He should be healthy and be able to make it through the rest of the season. That's the way I look at Kyler Murray heading in to our drafts this year. So my 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 personal draft base value for him. Um, the best I'm going to put him, if I'm going to draft him overall, is eighth at his position and 75th overall. That's where I'm looking to get him, round seven. If I can get him in round seven, I might consider him because I could grab somebody else and use him as my starter if he's slow at the early part of the year. But if not, if not, I'm going to let somebody else pick him. 
And then I'm going to turn around and try to trade for him later on in the year. That's my plan. Marquise Brown next, uh, 2021. He has uh, he played 16 games. He had 227 fantasy points. And I think what's relevant there is over three years, 21, 20, and 19, the most fantasy points he had was last year at 227. His his 2020 season was 183. And then in 2019, 146. So his his best position rank was last year at 22. Flex-wise, that puts him at 36. He played 79% of the snaps last year, which also was number one for him. I actually think you'll see him play more snaps in Arizona than he played for Baltimore. That's my guess, and especially because Hopkins is going to miss the early part of the year. So there you go. I think Marquise Brown's current rank um, is 33rd at his position with his best Ranking being 21, his worst being 45. It gives him a draft base value overall of 72. And in that status, overall, so we're talking flex rankings, quarterbacks, everybody, his best would be to write a 48th pick, where his worst would be 102. For me personally, my DB value on him, I'm going to put him at 25th position wise. 59th overall. So if I can get him in the fifth round, which is where I'm looking for him, I think he could be a really good, I'll be honest with you, at the beginning of the year, possibly a WR1, but definitely probably a WR2 in that offense. Uh, But he's going to be playing with a new quarterback, Murray, although they played together at Oklahoma. And the other advantage to him would be that Hopkins is going to be out. Now my last player, my last player for my DBV, DBV this week is Rashad Bateman. And the reason I'm, I'm, I chose him was because Marquise Brown is leaving or left. So this now makes him number one. Now, last year, Rashad Bateman played 21 games. He had 103 fantasy points. Positionally, in a PPR league, it ranks him 69th. Nothing to get excited about. But he only played 66% of the snaps. But now if we go back... And we look at Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown never played more than 79% of the snaps. Um, So I definitely think he'll play more snaps. Uh, Games over 65% of the snaps. I looked at that. I thought, let's take a look at that stat. He had 36 catches on 54 targets, and he averaged 8.2 fantasy points per game in those 12 games that he played. And he only had one touchdown. So... What does that mean? Well, he's going to have increased playing time. His current current value positionally is 39th with his best being 26th. Can you believe there are people that would draft him as the 26th best wide receiver? His worst 53, his overall ranking, so overall in the total draft structure, is 90th. His best is 58. His worst is 128. For me... I'm going to bring him in positionally at 46. I'm 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 not as high on him as everyone else, and mainly because the only receiver that's ever been real productive in that offense is Mark Andrews. No no WR one. I mean Watkins wasn't. They brought him in. He wasn't productive, right? Marquise Brown wasn't. He's not a WR one in that system. So I'm not thinking that that Rashad Bateman's all all of a sudden going to be a league changer for you. 46 is where I'm going to ranking positionally. And then overall, I'm going to start looking for him 
no sooner than in the 90th range. So he's a bench player. He's a bench player. Could be a nice bench player, a nice flex play for your team. That's where I see Rashad Bateman. So we're done with the DBV value part of the show. So let's look at after the draft. So we went through the NFL draft, and I have one one little item I would like to take a look at because I'm hearing a lot about this guy. Brees Hall versus Michael Carter for the New York Jets. Hall, um, they currently have him positionally ranked 25th, and they have Carter ranked 36. So they're ranking Brees Hall ahead of Michael Carter. His best ranking for Hall is 11th. His worst is 52. Carter's best ranking at running back right now positionally is 29th, and his worst is 45th. And then we also have another player that's going to come into play in this draft. So the New York Jets also also drafted Wilson at wide receiver, Garrett Wilson. His position rank is 44th. His best, 16. His worst is 85. So I'm curious to my listeners what you think of those players. Are you going to pick and play Brees Hall ahead of Michael Carter? That's question number one. And then do you in turn think, I guess, that these two splitting the ball or splitting the carries, which is the way I see it, um, do you think that they're both going to be better than than Garrett Wilson in this offense who who is positionally ranked 44th? That's my question for you this week. I'm kind of interested. I have an opinion, and I would like to share it, but not right now. I want to I wanna see if I get a few hits on these this question myself and see where everybody thinks. And believe it or not, talking of NFL draft, I just saw the other day, they've already come out with the 2023 NFL's first mock draft. I saw that this week, and I was like, oh, my gosh. You guys really don't have anything to do. I have plenty to do. I don't need to think about that next year. First of all, how, how do you come up with where you think the teams are going to finish today? We haven't seen their schedules. We have an idea who they're playing, but we really haven't seen all the schedules. Um, but I'm going to go through it really quick. There's a few highlights, so a few highlights. First of all, they have the number one pick going to Houston, and they're picking an edge, Will Anderson of Alabama. Alabama. Now, there was a lot of rumors that if he would have went out this year, he would have been the number one or two pick in the draft. So kind of understand that. Do we believe Houston's the worst team in football? That would be the next question. Up next, New York Jets at number two. They go defensive line, and they take Jalen Carter of Georgia. And then we go to number three. And at number three, they have the Detroit Lions. And, of course, they pick the best quarterback out there, C.J. Stroud of Ohio State. What do you think of that? And then we drop down to some of the other highlights at number five. And I'm only looking from an offensive standpoint. The New York Giants pick up Will uh, Levis from Kentucky. The Carolina Panthers come in at number seven. They take Bryce Young from Alabama. At number nine, the Seattle Seahawks take Tyler Van Dyke of Miami. Number 27, the Miami Dolphins pick up Spence Rattler of South Carolina. And then at number 31, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, well, they go and get Phil Jerkovic of Boston College. So there you go. Something to think about. The 2023 mock draft. Personally, I don't believe the Lions will have the third pick next year. That's all I'm going to say. I don't believe they'll have the third pick next year. More on that later. But 
that's it. That's it for this Sunday's uh, with Jeff Miller podcast. Thanks for listening to all you mothers out there. I hope you have a great Mother's Day. If you're a dad and you're listening um, or a son, say happy Mother's Day to your mom from me to you. I mean, from you to me. You know what I mean. From me. Yeah, just tell them I'm saying happy Mother's Day to them because they deserve it. They deserve all the accolades for everything they do for all of us. That's it. Remember to go out there and live life. That's what it's for. Enjoy it, and thanks. Bye.